This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 565 of The Sleeper and the Bus. Take two. It's the Sunday Fireside Chat with your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's up, man? What is happening? I thought we were just going to go past the thing that like we hadn't just recorded nah. 30 minutes. No, of course nah, not. We, we peel back the curtain. We let him know. <laughs> you know what? It was a blessing in disguise. We actually... We have, first off, you missed a lot of great stuff. We that are kind of bumped on that. We can't recreate all those amazing jokes. However, we kind of reworked things, and now it's going to be even better the second time around. We're talking sleepers today. Get those busts no out. Busts. No way. We're not having it. It is sleepers it. only. This is the sleeper cast. We're going to be uh, main, main topicking. I'm making it a verb now. Uh, four guys. We'll be talking about uh, a couple each and then a little quick hitter on one each at the end as well. So let's just dive right into it and talk about your number one guy here, your top guy. Jaime Berea. Yes. Angels, 21-year-old. He's come up a couple different times. He's gathered eight starts. You're kind of piecing them together. Get two here. Go back down. Get another couple here. But he's up for good right now because uh, they actually called you to pitch. You couldn't. You had to do the cast tonight. I know. But they called you to pitch. They're running down their list, man. They are, have been devastated. Otani, Richards, Tropiano, gone. So Berea's here for now for the long haul. What do you like about this 21-year-old? Well, I mean, I like that he's getting the chance. And uh, he has a 19% whiff rate, 47% zone rate, and a 41% O-swing on a slider. That's great. It's what I call a money pitch. And a yes. money pitch is when you have that 40% chase rate. So you get in swings off of the plate outside the zone. You have over 40% zone rate. That means you can also throw the pitch for a strike. And while you're doing both of those things, you're getting at least a 15% whiff rate. That is a money pitch to me. Bria is doing that with his slider. It's a great pitch. 224 thrown so far, 125 batting average allowed. Fantastic. But the thing is, he has two of them. He has two money pitches. Two money pitches? Two. For the price of one. Two for the price of one Berea. I love it. By the way, I love the money pitch concept. Um, it, it really it really checks out to, you know, people kind of create these things and then they're on the leaderboard and sometimes it doesn't really look right. You know, you kind of want these things to look right when you're identifying it. Um, and we actually just ran some filters on it showing it. And we were all the ones that were at the top. were like, OK, a lot of these make sense. A couple stand out. And it's like, oh, I'm going to watch this pitch now. I'm going to watch Mike Leake slider, which is apparently a money pitch. But I love the money pitch aspect. You got to get the chases to put it in the zone and then swings and misses. So Berea has two. It's a slider change up. It's compensating for the fastball, though, right? 
Right. I mean, so okay, he, so he needs that because his fastball is not overpowering. Fastball is not overpowering. But yeah, just to just to talk about the money pitch one more time, that 15% I think can be like I want to say it's like 17, 18. Yeah, uh, that, that, it's a it's a low barrier and then you kind of adjust. Right. Uh I mean, I think for the ones that are like over 20%, those are like super money pitches. It's like it's a hundo uh or you know, we were saying before it's like a bitcoin. You, you want know, to it, use it. You have to. I want to use it. No, no, you have to. It's have too to. good. I didn't want just to go <laughs> away made a Bitcoin one court. earlier. <laughs> He's like, I can't do the Bitcoin joke I again. Can't. I mean, a hundo ain't bad, too. To. Yeah, I like it. Um, by the way, what would Bundy's be then? Because it has a 30%. His slider has the two metrics with the chase and the zone, but then a 30% swinging strike rate. Like, how absurd is that? It's crazy. I mean, then there's also Scherzer's, which is essentially like the same thing, but then like a 57% zone rate as well. That's nuts. These are these are wonderful things, and like often, often we talk about a guy being really good, and we can't really quantify it. This is a great way of just showing like this is how it's done. He's just getting strikes every way he throws. It doesn't matter if it's over the plate or off of it. He is getting strikes, and it's why they're having so much success. And we could see a strikeout uptick for Berea too, because he has this nineteen percent strikeout rate with a twelve percent swinging strike rate. Right. And the name you invoked in take one was uh, a, an. Bizarro Fulte, because Fultonevich was having the really good 28% strikeout rate and a 9% swinging strike. We couldn't make heads or tails of that. I love it when it's like this, though, where they're getting more swinging strikes and the strikeout rate's kind of lagging. That offers upside. Yeah, exactly. And to say it's that money pitch of the, the changeup, that is a 45% O-swing, 43 zone, and 16% uh, whiff rate. He does, a, does make a little more mistakes with that pitch than with the slider. Uh, he does leave it up at times. But I really do like that he's keeping that low to the zone. Slider is essentially going uh, glove side all the time. And he does it. It's very effective for both against right-handers and left-handers because it goes off the plate to right-handers, kind of acting like a cutter, which is really good and very effective. And, of course, the lefties is just that falling away pitch, a fade that's so effective all the time against left-handers. Now, the fastball is the problem. Uh, 90% contact rate, which isn't good. Uh, it has over a 50% fly ball rate, which isn't inherently so bad, but it is bad when you have a 20% homer but fly ball rate. Exactly. So it's giving up the homers with it. Uh, a good a fly ball rate can be good because it can keep your BABIP low if you're keeping the ball in the yard. Right. But if it's keeping your BABIP low because it's just going over the fence, which doesn't count in home runs, don't count into BABIP. That's where you can get a little bit misled. Now, he could start throwing that higher in the zone. He doesn't have like the 95 mile per hour velocity we often see from guys elevating. However, there's someone like Jay Happ. He doesn't have an overpowering fastball. And he is using his four-seamer at the top of the zone, having a lot of success with it. It's possible that Berea starts doing that more. Right now, it's kind of middle, slightly up, but not nearly where it should be. And if he starts throwing that top, you know, top third I think it consistently, would. would that change a blow too? Exactly. A, a separation is great. And then having a slider as well that is getting 19% whiffs, there could be a lot of success. And he's getting the time in the rotation right now to take advantage of it. Well, so we I, I really talk like about, this. What we always talk about working up in the zone is, is valuing, uh, leveraging effective velocity. So you only work 91.4. If you're consistently top of the zone, it plays 93, 94. Right. Like that's especially off of the change up in slider. So... I like this one. I like this one a lot. He was a consideration for me. The way we kind of did it was almost like a draft, which it wasn't. We were just saying, here's my first one. And I was like, well, here's mine. And we're doing more research. I'm going to go with this guy. And I kept, you know, I looked at the guys. And so I researched Berea and I almost picked him. I'm glad you got him on the show. 
I'm not using this guy as an official pick, but I want to give a little shout to John Lamb, too. Yes. I can't quit John Lamb. Um, oh, former man. prospect. He's back. And again, they need him so they can give him a run. He's shown some flashes before. He's he's a God, very big John risk. Lamb. I would take Berea 10 times over. But I'm just putting the name out there. This is for you deep leaguers, okay? You AL only. Don't say we never did anything for you. I, I'm, I still like John <laughs> Lamb's arm talent. His arm will fall off soon. Don't worry. Um, it, because he just can't stay healthy. I'm not trying to make fun of him because it, it does suck. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he's pitching well again. I just want to throw him out there well, too. John, I mean, John Lamb. John Lamb pitched yesterday. And it was so surprising. Was like, oh right, John Lamb exists. He exists. And we, I mean, I remember being a fan of him. You know, he was involved in the Cueto trade mm-hmm. way back when uh, from yep. the Reds to the Royals. And I thought that was going to be kind of a jump off, right? Because you know he was going to have his opportunities in Cincinnati. Exactly, and, and that was after them? his prospect status had kind of faded too, because he had the right. big hype with with KC, got hurt. Goes to Cincy. Now's his chance. And he would show flashes, but his downsides were so oh, far man, down. So and bad. that's the scary part. So it's deeply going. Berea is the recommendation. Lamb is the scratch-off ticket. Right. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't put any stock on Lamb, especially in like 12-teamers. I mean, nope, deep release, nope. yes, I totally agree with you there. Super deep. Uh, but Berea, 12-teamers, I own him in some. You have him in a 12-teamer. Yes. Which is huge. Okay, so – that's a big recommendation right there. And maybe even some of you 10 teamers whose rosters are like the Angels, you can then use somebody like Berea. Well, at least in the short term, uh, he has a two-start week ahead. He has the Diamondbacks on Monday. I would start him there. Jays on the Sunday and coming back, definitely start him there. And the Both Orioles home. after that, right there, that's three straight starts that I would be rolling with Berea. Uh, he does get the Mariners twice after that. I think they're pretty good of an offense, so I'd have a they, little they concern. Are. They are. Depends on what kind of league it is. Uh, if I can need to take that chance or not, I think I would like to roll with it. But shallow 10 team where I can understand turning it elsewhere. And then the Dodgers after that, which is nice to end the first half. I'm I'm great with it. I, I really think right. Maria is something that can that can work out surprisingly well. Jaime Maria. Take a look, folks. Uh, my number one guy here is Seth Lugo. Um, and it'd be interesting to see because obviously we're coming out late. Uh, your waiver periods are passing. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how many waiver periods he gets picked up on because he's going to Colorado this week. And I think that might be a little bit of a deterrent for some folks. So you might still have an opportunity at Seth Lugo. And I would take that opportunity. Um, he's kind of renowned for his curveball, which has the big spin rate. Uh, StatCast podcast has covered that for a while. It's not some big swing and miss pitch, though. And that's something that we covered. And I, I will let you bring that up because you brought that up in, in the first run. That that's kind of one of your concerns. However, I will say before I let you dive into it, he's backing it up with big velo too, and he finally has a reliable fastball. So he can't they can't just sit curve and wait for him to lay one in there. He's he's up to ninety three point six, back to where he was in the WBC when he did get hurt. But I think that was because he was throwing too fast too early. Now he's kind of ramped up in the season. He ramped up in the bullpen, and since joining the rotation, he's maintained the velo. Uh, and he's been much better against lefties. Seth Lugo has. So he's used the that as sort of a swing and miss pitch while the curveball still does its thing in the zone. So he doesn't walk, guys. He's getting some swings and misses. He should have an opportunity. I do I do like what Seth Lugo brings to the table here, and I think we could see some some interesting stuff from him getting an opportunity with the Mets. But tell us about maybe some of the shortcomings with that curveball. Well, I mean, I think you're totally right that Seth Lugo is a good 
kind of lottery pick. Hopefully he doesn't hit that floor that we've seen. I mean, against the Diamondbacks, it was moments of brilliance. Like, yeah, that slider has a 15%, very frustrating start. 15% whiff rate, and he had some really good ones to, like, Goldschmidt. That was a grand, the outside corner. Beautiful. 89 miles per hour. Just lovely. But he's, you know, he's only throwing that 11% of the time, and that's because some of the other ones weren't that good. What about a sweet, sweet changeup? Oh yes! Oh, so God. bad! It's so bad. It was right. It was like right in the middle, and it was just launched through the right field over the fence. And the curveball itself—I mean, I really do like it. It's hard not to. You know, it has about fifty-three percent zone rate and that forty-five percent O swing. So you might think maybe it's a money pitch, but yeah, it's a sub ten percent whiff rate. That and <laughs> yeah. that does concern me when your best he doesn't pitch, get the swings. Right, and that's that's a little concerning. It's also a Z contact rate of about ninety percent. However, yes, he is getting a lot of grand balls with that. It's about 65% right now. But it does tell me that this is more hittable than I would like, especially if it is your number one offering. Uh, it's not and, money status. And right. we now, made a distinction in the first one. I, I want to give you a chance to do it because uh, I think it was good to maybe for using PVALs, pitch values, when you go use them. And just maybe go down the board and you see that he's number two on, among curveballs. You're like, that's awesome. He's pretty close to Corey Kluber. They could not be more different right. in terms of their curveballs, though, and what they do. You talked about Seth Lugo, how he gets weak contact with it. They beat it into the ground. Um, he does get some swings and misses, but not. that's not what it is. It's, it's a rollover. It's a weak contact out inducer. Corey Kluber's is is sent from the heavens. It's this godly like <laughs> creature, and and so be, just because he's second to Kluber, right? Do not confuse that. Like, hey, he's in the Kluber realm because it's vastly different. And that's something a point you want to make based on PVAL rankings. Exactly. I mean, it's because the 194 batting average allowed on yes. curveballs thus far, and because it's had all these great results, that means it has a lot of PVAL. PVAL is rooted. It's an accumulation stat. It's just the results what's, of what's happened. Yep. Right. So you take a 194 batting average allowed. And you also have over 50% strikes inside the zone. You're going to have a really good P-Val. Uh, just because everything is, is it's very a one positive. It's all singles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not a single extra base hit allowed. There hasn't been any power against it. Right. Uh, so, and, and so that that's that's worth noting. Now, the one the one thing I really do like, and you brought this up, was that his four-seamer is performing exceptionally well. Uh, and that's a very good thing. It's over a 12% whiff rate right now. Uh, and I, I, I like the idea of throwing low curveballs and then high fastballs. I do think he is prone to mistakes more often than I would want to really put a lot of faith in him in a 12-teamer. He's not he's not a must-have for that reason. I do think he's going to have a lot of good starts and then some some very bad starts as well. Uh, but if you are in a deeper league, you're looking to get some help on that waiver wire. I, I definitely do think that South Luka will be a good choice there. I will also say, if you, if you are somebody that can kind of pick up freely and you didn't just have your waiver period tonight, you, and you can reserve, if you want to reserve him, that's fine. You might want to pick Lugo up this week for that Colorado start, just so that you don't leave him out there too long for the Pittsburgh at Miami to start next week. So if you have to start him, I understand having some trepidation going into Colorado, but if you can just reserve him in a head-to-head or you know just a daily pickups league, put him on your roster bench Seth Lugo, and then get the two-start next week. All right, so we're here on take three. <laughs> and you heard something that was recorded. The Lugo and Berea stuff was recorded a while ago. 
and now we're we're back. We've had recording issues tonight. And as I told Nick, he's really upset. He shouldn't. It's all right. It's a rite of passage for a podcast. And this is this is the sleeper in the bus, but the the fireside chat's its own separate entity. So you have to go through it too. I read the handbook, the podcasting handbook, because <laughs> every new podcast, even if it's a subset of a previous podcast, has to go through this nightmare of recording I issues. I am so upset. I am. So we, we, I understand. Okay. I just want to say one thing. We this is this was one of my favorite casts, and like I'm really proud of. We this. have this like two hours one. of stuff that's going to be about fifteen minutes recorded, and then we recreated it, <laughs> which was tough to do because we wanted to use some of the same jokes and not oh, you know man. try to make it natural. So we're both frustrated, but we're trying to put that frustration aside. So what we're going to do? You got Berea and Lugo. We're going to just kind of go quick hitters on both of our second guys with no rebuttal from the other guy, and then kind of wrap up because. Uh, we've been having a hell of a night. So apologize. <laughs> it's not a normal, normal fireside chat, but you're still going to get some goodness. We want to talk about these players. We now believe in these players so much. Just come to us at the fire at the Fangraphs meetup next weekend in Colorado. Ask us in about Denver. it. That's on Friday. Exactly. Come by. Come talk to us. It's amazing. I like Chad Cool. I think he's pretty awesome. He's he thrown 30% sliders. All of a sudden, last four games, he's thrown it over 30% of the time three times. He's had lots of success in that time. Uh, and he's only been throwing in about like 20%. Otherwise, his previous five games were all well under 20%, even like a 14% overall there. This is a money Ian pitch. Jameson. Yeah, Ian Jameson. Jameson. I know. They just keep they keep doing it. It's amazing. Sliders, baby. And uh, it's like they realized that Garrett Cole left. Like, maybe we were doing something wrong. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to stop throwing fastballs now. What? Yeah, maybe, that guy's up. That's really good. Uh, but 42% <laughs> O-swing, 51% zone, and 22% whiff on Chad Cole's Funny. slider. He's now throwing in near 35% of the time his last four starts. Uh, that's really exciting. Maybe he goes up to 40-45%. Yes, he has a sinker that is super fast and still not effective as he allowed eight home runs off of it already. That's not good. And he has an atrocious changeup that is laughably bad. And I will quote it another time, but it's really bad. Oh, I still need to write that article. <laughs> it's so bad. So you talked about how his changeup has literally generated five whiffs. And I five. suggest you to go through do a quick hitter article with a gif of each five all five and just kind of mock the batter that swung through this terrible pitch Tell, listen we said it's gonna be quick G- give the numbers because the numbers it's are so too bad it's awful a 421 batting average allowed he's throwing 110 it's not like he's this is chad five. cool's change up by the way it's so bad 421 batting average allowed 13 percent o swing so no one's chasing it off of the plate 38% zone rate, so he's not even throwing for strikes, and it's a 4.6% whiff rate. Right, five total whiffs on 110 <laughs> thrown. So he doesn't get any strikes anywhere, and when he does, they smack it. They beat the crap out of it. So, so if that that's pitch, not even Chad, a pitch. Just don't do that. Stop. Stop. Um, so but, sinker's okay. terrible. Well, it's not terrible. That's going to be the key, though, right? Right. He needs his command to come back. His curveball's fine, 45% zone rate. It's good. He surprises guys with strikeouts at 50% rate. 50%, that's great. But he needs that better fastball to get to that to those breaking balls. Uh, maybe throwing a ton more sliders can make that pitch better, so that that ninety six can even go to like ninety eight and ninety nine. Maybe that can really show itself. But I, I like Chad Cool as a good upside option. Maybe this continues more, and maybe he doesn't stay on the Pirates, and maybe he shouldn't. And you know what? We've concocted now, this will be the third time, a three-way deal potential with my next guy, Jose Urania involved. And we did a whole bit about how we don't know if it's Urania, Urania, Urina. And so we're just going with all of them, okay? I want it to be right. It's Urena according to baseball reference. But then they also have the tilde over the end, which I thought made it a a, a, a Urania sound. So I don't 100% know, but it's Jose Urania 
from the uh, Miami Marlins. Now, I understand getting a Miami Marlins guy, that's not so great. Nick's kind of giving you the the high upside guys, the you know, the high risk, high reward. I'm over here putting some flex seal on your uh, rotation, okay? You have a Anaheim Angels or LA Angels-like rotation. You're getting devastated by injuries, and you're just looking for somebody to put in that you can just get some quality innings out of more often than not. That's Jose Reina. He does work 95-96 with this fastball. Um, he's not trying for strikeouts, though. He has a good slider that could probably get strikeouts if he went for it, but he's a three and out. He's just trying to get through. He's going to work that arm side run with his sinker, uh, with his two-seamer in, jam you, hopefully for a broken bat, uh, you know, ground out to the shortstop or third baseman, and every once in a while throw some sliders for some strikeouts. But for the most part, he's trying to really just get in and get out that's why he's such a great fit for pittsburgh right and but if i were putting cool over on the yankees or the astros one of the one of the teams that would really maximize the secondary stuff we're putting urania up in pittsburgh and we haven't quite figured out what's going back to the marlins we figured chad uh clint frazier's too much yeah, but maybe some much. ancillary prospects could get in there to make that work because yeah he's probably too much uh his market value is higher than both of those two guys but we we're figuring something out we need a it would fourth be- team I think we might send tweet us tweet yeah, us your ideas. On the but yeah, I like I like Arenia. It's um yeah, that, that the fact that the fastball starts on the inside of the corner, and then goes inside to righties and jams them effectively. But it's part of the reason why he's really bad against lefties. So exactly. if, you, if you play them play him well against heavy right-handed lineups, that could be a lot of success. I would have some worry with lefties. I totally agree there. If they're stacking lefties or they have, you know, I'd say four plus, that's when you want to be careful with Urania because it could go sideways. Now, he does have San Francisco this week in San Francisco. That's not an automatic slam dunk. That offense has quietly done really well. Uh, Brandon Belt is back from his appendectomy. Speaking of a lefty, he's probably going to go off. Uh, You got Brandon Crawford. You got Joe Panic. I believe Alan Hansen is a switch hitter. Yes. So he'll be bad. That's a hitter. Uh, I know we don't do hitters on this show. Uh, they could put Pablo Sandoval in. So that one could be tricky. What I would say, though, is you could pick him up and hang on to him. I think he has a two-start week the following week. And with, with a lot of these guys that we're mentioning, they might be spot starters, but it would be from your roster to your reserve as opposed to cutting them. We want we right. want to keep these guys on the roster for the most part uh, with our top four here. Now, our quick hitters – that's more of a spot start and, and go. You can kind of play it however you want it because these are both Hail Mary types. Let's go with yours first. Marco Estrada finally putting some things together, but is it too little too late? Well, it's three earned runs, 18.2 frames. That's the last three games against the Yankees, Orioles, and Nationals. He's had 19 wow. strikeouts in that time, too. Three walks. Uh, whiff rate has gone up to 12.5% in those three starts after having just a 9% rate. Um, I think two that's homers. Been, yeah, two homers against the, the Orioles, both solo shots. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this is it for Estrada, that he's all of a sudden the 12-team guy you want to own. Uh, but it is encouraging to see that he is mixing in more curveballs and cutters and making his fastball more effective by throwing it less often. Because I think now, instead of guys just waiting for his fastball and just hitting that, meanwhile his changeup was just being really bad under the zone, now he's throwing more effective changeups, having this better mix, and that is creating more success for him. And, we, and look, he's not so far removed from 2015-2016. He performed really so well good. then. And I'm not saying that he's going to have a 3-5 ERA, but, you know, this this 4-6, four, 4-7 four, ERA we see now, yeah, it's probably closer to 4. And I think That's he can usable. do that. I think he can probably do that. And if you need that help, if you need that innings eater type, I think it's possible that it could be a strong in the second half. Tough schedule coming up, though. Uh, he does get the Angels and then the Astros. Don't like that. 
Then the Mets, I do like that. Then Braves and Red Sox, not at all. So that's three out of five I'm definitely not going for. But definitely something to consider and watch as we move through the season. What if we get him in a trade here? <laughs> what if we get him out of Toronto? Maybe not our mega deal, because I don't know if it works there. But maybe if he could be traded. What if he was tra- – stay with me on this one. What yeah. if he was traded to the Angels? I mean, that might, be a that might fit? work. Yeah, that, that might work, especially considering the road games in Safeco and in Oklahoma. Uh, sorry, Oklahoma, in, Oakland. O- Oklahoma, <laughs> Oakland. They can't go super – you know, they're, they're starting to build their system. Oh, they're man. starting to get stuff. But I know Billy Upward doesn't just want to turn around and give away all the goodness that he's gotten. So maybe you go for more of a, a stopgap. Maybe they want to flex seal their own rotation and they get somebody like an Estrada who won't cost a lot. Um that could be interesting, getting right. getting him out of Toronto, too, because I don't love their defense. He's not a huge ground ball guy, but even in the outfield, it's really Pilar and I, I, Teoscar. I love Teoscar as a player. I don't know how great he is defensively. So I like that one. I've got another one that's very similar to Arania in terms of not winning your league, but just patching a hole in your lineup, and that's Clayton Richard. He's just been putting up some quality work. He's an innings eater in a league that doesn't really have a lot of innings eaters anymore. So even though his strikeout rate is not great, the volume of strikeouts makes up for it. And so that um, you know his 7.4 rate is actually up a half a strikeout uh, per nine over last year and the highest of his career. Wow, yeah, so it's a career high. And again, mixed with innings. The dude goes out every time. He is a true innings eater. And if you're just trying to get some quality innings, he's going to be solid more often than not. You're not going to get too much volatility. Um, you're going to get that four four to 460 sort of ERA band there. And it, it sounds like a bigger band than it is, but it's really not with a guy like this. He's just going to kind of bounce in between there. You get some good innings with Clayton Richard, and maybe you just spot start him on two weeks uh, as, as well. You can kind of play it however you want, but points leagues, deeper leagues, not too bad. Yeah, great IPS at 6.3. I have a stat on my site called VPR, which essentially measures, you know, was this an excellent start with neutral start or poor start? And Clayton Richard is right even keel. He's got the same amount of great starts as he does bad starts. So if that's the kind of thing you need, where it's just kind of this even floor, as you said, that you don't, you know, you don't think except these massive blowups all the time, but you'll have those great starts too. Yeah, he can be that kind of guy for you. So there we go. So th- those are our guys. Um, again, we apologize. Oh, there man. was some, some more richness to the cool we uranium. Had some gold. We really did. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. I don't so, know why uh, why uh, Nick's computer I'm, hates us tonight. But again, rite of passage with the podcast. Oh, it's no no worries. It's uh, it's all good. And we're gonna be coming to y'all live next week. We got some ideas brewing. Uh, I think we're gonna jump on my Twitch stream, uh, which I think you can do from my phone. I've got to make sure that uh, you know it's not too grainy of quality so we might not be able to do it at the stadium depending on how the wi-fi connection or the uh the connection is there but anywhere else around i've seen people do the the stream irl from their phone take your questions there and we'll get something recorded he's going to bring his mic i got a voice recorder we'll get we'll get a fireside recorded in denver so it's going to be a lot of fun dude i'm excited to hang out i can't wait it's going to be a blast and we get to watch Tyler Anderson versus Trevor Richards, those Ooh. two titans. We will not talk about either of them on next week's pod. <laughs> All right, Nick, have a great week. Take care, man.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.